Wow. Good Friday morning, Four Oaks. Pastor Paul here at the home office. It is Friday, March 12th, 2021. If you hear a little disturbance outside here, um, it's just the pressure washers getting work on the Four Oaks facility, getting ready for Holy Week and Easter, Good Friday, all that stuff right around the corner. But this morning, we're back in Exodus chapter 20 as we do part two of the Ten Commandments. Now, just a programming note, uh, today is our last day of our weekday devotionals until after spring break. Okay, so so no devotional next week. Don't take a spring break from God, but, but we're going to take a break from the devotionals. And we'll be back at it Monday, I believe that is March 22nd. So, but, but but today, part two, the Ten Commandments. And remember from yesterday, we talked about this idea that far from this being sort of a, a negative law-giving sort of event in the life of Israel or even in our lives, that the Ten Commandments are the sum of the whole law explicated out for us as a, in the lives of us as believers and that, and that the first four commandments deal with what it means to honor God, love God, which corresponds to the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And that commandments five through 10 have to do with our relationship with others. Love your neighbor as yourself. Um, the, the, the question then becomes, um, what, what part or, or how are we to think about the Ten Commandments in terms of our obedience or non-obedience to them um, under the new covenant. And again, remember that these were all given within the context of grace, God's sovereign grace initiating with the people of Israel. Well, to, to, to understand um, how these commandments are abiding for us, and I do think they are fully abiding um, in terms of their principles, um, because they're all repeated in the New Testament in some context, and both Paul and Jesus took great turns to teach on them and to apply them. Not just Paul and 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 Jesus, but um, James, other, all the other the other New Testament scripture writers. Um, so j- just a couple of resources um, as as we're diving into this. One is the Law of Perfect Freedom by Michael Horton. An exposition of the Ten Commandments. R.C. Sproul does a great one. If you want to go to Ligonier, um, there's John Gerstner, um, who's with the Lord, as is R.C. Sproul. There's just a lot of really, really good stuff, rich stuff out there on this. Um, but these Ten Commandments, and we're not going to read this whole passage again, but um, the first four commandments, you shall have no other gods before me, you're not make for yourself an idol, don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Honor your father and mother, of course. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not covet. Now, obviously, the first and greatest commandment is the first one because everything else flows out of it, right? You shall um, have no other gods before me. And it can be rightly said that any violation or disobedience or sin is a is a direct result okay of our misunderstanding and misapplication of the first commandment right so so by nature we are worshipers by nature um, we long our hearts do they're created to value to worship to adore um, and that in that idolatry 
happens, not when we worship a little tiki statue, although that was true in other pagan cultures. It's when we substitute anything in the place of God and value that thing above him. And so, so already you can see that, that we want to sort of get under the surface of each of these commandments and, and learning and understanding how they are to apply to us. And, and probably the best place to, to, to go to this is, of course, the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, when Jesus is teaching through um, the Ten Commandments. And, and the formula that Jesus uses here, like, for example, Matthew 5, 21, um, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. Now, what Jesus is not saying is that the Old Covenant, the Ten Commandments in the Old Covenant um, were given to you, um, but they were surfacy. okay? They were, they were just abiding for that time. Let, let me give you a new commandment, okay? And, and, and sort of follow it in this way. That, that's not what Jesus is doing here. What, when he says, you have heard that it was said, okay, what he is doing is, is providing a frame of reference for the way the Pharisees and the scribes interpreted, okay, the Ten Commandments. So in other words, um, for example, the Pharisees and the scribes would say, you shall not commit murder. And their thought was, well, we haven't killed anybody today, so we are good to go. And and Jesus said the Ten Commandments were meant to address more fundamental heart realities than simply whether you take a neighbor's life, although that's certainly a part of this. What Jesus is actually saying is that underneath all of the Ten Commandments, okay, are is an underlying principle or is an underlying spiritual reality of which the commandment itself is sort of the tip of the iceberg. So, for example, um, when he quotes here the sixth commandment, right? You shall not murder. Instead of looking at that commandment and all of us saying, well, check the box off on that, what we want to say is, well, let's get under the roots of what is behind murder, okay? Well, what's behind murder, of course, is an underlying anger or rage, okay? or a desire to take something that is not yours, uh, that someone else has, or um, a, a, an urge to strike out in wrathful revenge. There's a lot of motives for murder, but a lot of it like kind of gets right down to the core. It's anger. And so this is why Jesus was, is saying, look, if you're angry with your brother, these are the seeds of murder. And so you're going to have to, you may not have committed physical murder, but you're committing murder in your heart, which is in God's eyes, okay, uh, just as serious as a, of an issue because it's a heart issue that's going unaddressed if you are um, simply applying the sixth commandment in a wooden way, okay? He goes on, look at verse 27, you shall hear that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. And of course, here Jesus is quoting the seventh commandment, right? And again, the scribes and Pharisees would look at that and say, well, we haven't had any illicit sexual relationship with someone outside of our marriage, and so we are good. And Jesus is saying, you are skating um, across these commandments as if they were on only wanting to touch on this 
very obvious manifestation of of adultery and lust. Jesus says, in actuality, um, I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So in other words, Jesus is saying, it's not like somebody just wakes up uh, one day and who is faithful and says, today's the day I'm going to commit adultery. No, no, no. It starts off in seed form. It starts off um, rooted in the heart um, and unconfessed um, sin. And so, so again, Jesus is wanting us to look at these commandments, okay? And he is wanting us to, to get at the heart piece that they are pointing to. Look down in verse, we don't have time to go through all these, but here's another one. Look in verse 33 of Matthew 5. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear false, falsely. Um, and so here, obviously, he is quoting the ninth commandment which is you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And what's interesting um, about this is that um, there was lots of ways, okay, that the religious leaders sort of attempted to abide by this commandment uh, while not abiding by it, okay? And so particularly in the realm of oath-taking. So a lot of times um, there, there, there was this sense of like there's taking of oaths, okay, but if you really want to have an ironclad oath, you've got to uh, invoke uh, a name or the name of God, or you swear by something, uh, the city of Jerusalem or something like that. Um, and, and, and it's kind of like, I promise, but if I'm crossing my fingers behind my back, then, um, then it doesn't count. And, th and there was ways that these religious leaders convolute, uh, you know, they, they essentially worked their way around um, these commandments by applying them in a wooden legalistic sort of sense. And Jesus is saying, look, this really gets to the heart. Are you sincere in your faith? Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. Um, if you swear by something, keep your word. Um, and the fact that you won't keep your word and you look for loopholes shows there's something deficient, defective going on in your heart. So do you, do you see kind of what's, what's happening here, right? Okay. Um, God, in giving us these commandments, and Jesus is reinforcing them, and we could go through all of them and uh, access different places in the New Testament where they are affirmed, okay. Um, he's wanting to capture our hearts with them, okay. Let me give you two examples, uh, two more examples from the commandments themselves. So, for example, if we look at, the second commandment, you shall not make for yourself a carved image or likeness of anything. And we may say, well, I'm good with that. I haven't made any images. I haven't made any, um, you know, uh, st statues. I haven't, you know, I haven't worshipped God and uh, an image of God. And, and, and what I think Jesus or, you know, God is pointing to in this commandment is that we want to worship God according to the ways that he has revealed himself to us. So we don't want to worship a God of our own imagination or a God of our, um, our own cultural liking. We want to worship God. Um, we don't want to make an image of him, a mental picture, a, a spiritual theological picture that's not in accordance with who God has revealed himself to be in his, in his word. And so when you, when you dig under there, you can, again, you begin to see a wide range of applications. 
Interesting, look at the very last commandment, okay? You shall not covet your neighbor's house. Now, that's one we could probably all, okay, identify with a little bit more because we live in a materialistic society. We're always looking at other people's stuff. We're always wishing for something that we don't have. But it's interesting that this is the last commandment because covetousness, okay, seems to be, okay, the sort of, from a man's perspective, sort of the sin behind the sin. So if, 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 the, if the biggest sin that we, the, the central sin that we can commit is to worship another God, how does that happen? How do we come to that place of wanting to replace something else? Well, it's because we um, have created an idol in our heart of something and we have begun to covet it. We have begun to desire it. If you flip over to First um, John, for example, John goes through his whole letter, you know, talking about what it means to love, what it means to to obey God and confess our sins. The very last thing, okay, John says is, "Little children, keep yourself from idols." And and again, this emphasizes the point, okay, that that there is a, a, a call, a necessity for us to be tending our hearts, for us to be guarding our hearts, for us to be um, um, standing watch over our own souls. And thinking about uh, things on the heart issue pulls us away, right, from the temptation to want to, in a surface way, or in a legalistic way, or in a... Um, um, you know, in a shallow way to, um, to interpret these things. Okay. And so, so again, we could go on and on and on, but these are, um, just some examples of the way that we can, and I think should, and are called to go deeper into these things and to see, meaning the 10 commandments and to see their ongoing relevance and application for our for our life, okay? Um, so, for, I'll leave you with this word. It's from Romans 13. And, and, and just give us, a, again, giving an example of the ongoing significance of the commandments for our lives. Paul says in Romans 13, verse 8, Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And any other commandment are summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. All right, that's it until after spring break. See you back here Monday, uh, March 22nd, as we continue our trek through the book of Exodus. By God's providence, we're now exactly halfway through this book. 40 chapters. We're trekking through 20 right now, and we'll pick it back up when we get back. Lord, go with us um, this spring break season. Lord, be with us. Lord, bring your word um, to our heart's attention constantly. Um, Lord, let us meditate upon your law day and night. Let it just be nourishment and, and sweetness to our souls. And Lord, go before us now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everybody. Have a great time during the spring break week. Bye.